everyone to our next fireside chat. I want to just thank you so much for joining me once again. I am Paula Siskanik. I'm one of the founders of the Catholic Homeschool Network. Um, we bring to you our conferences, this fireside chat. We have a community and we're just so thrilled to have um, Jenny Bales here with us today. I'm really excited about this one. Um, she's just, again, a big hearted, generous, and I say big hearted because you're from Texas, right, Jenny? And I wanted her to notice that I'm wearing my little flower ring here and my flowery shirt because of bloom. <laughs> we'll be talking about her bloom tutoring later or actually consulting, I should say. Um, but I wanted to welcome everybody here today because we're going to be talking about something that's very close to a Catholic homeschooling mom, any homeschooling mom's heart, and that is getting ready for next year. And so this talk is all about taking that first step. And the title of the talk was to ponder what, you know, what to do, what not to do, basically. <laughs> right, Jenny? So mm -hmm. before we begin... I'm going to start out with a little prayer. And this one is a prayer to the Holy Family. I thought that would be appropriate for today. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you've given us a model of life in the Holy Family of Nazareth. Help us, O oh loving Father, to make our family another Nazareth where love, peace, and joy reign. May it be deeply contemplative, intensely Eucharistic, and vibrant with joy. Help us to stay together in joy and sorrow through family prayer. Teach us to see Jesus in the members of our family, especially in his distressing disguises. May the Eucharistic heart of Jesus make our hearts meek and humble like his and help us to carry out our family duties in a holy way. May we love one another as God loves each one of us more and more each day and forgive each other's faults as you forgive our sins Help us, O loving Father, to take whatever you give and to give whatever you take with a big smile. Immaculate Heart of Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. Holy Guardian Angels, be always with us. Guide us and protect us. Amen. One of my favorite Mother Teresa prayers. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you all for praying with me. So many of you may already know Jen, Jenny Bales. Um, you may have also seen her because she emceed several of our sessions during our last conferences. You may also know her from her Facebook group, which is 3,500 strong there. And her group is Heart of a Mother. She also has a website by the same name, heartofamother.net. And um, I'm going to read this little bio pulled up, which is Jenny and her husband have been married since 1999. They live in North Texas with their four children, ages eight to 18. They've been homeschooling them all their lives. Her homeschool philosophy is whatever works with a smattering of literature-based learning, Charlotte Mason and classical elements. She's addicted to tea, hot and sweet dark chocolate, red wine, college football, and mystery novels, and cannot resist an opportunity to coordinate a conference, retreat, a co-op, book study, social group, and, and or any mom's nights out. She loves to reflect on all aspects of Catholic homeschooling through the lens of our incredible Catholic faith. Welcome, Jenny. Good. Thank you so much for having me, Paula. This is a gift. Good, good. I like to start things out and maybe, you know, um, with your story. You know, I know uh, I read some of your blog and you talked about sometimes two people either fall into homeschooling or it was something they did from the beginning. What's your story on how did you start homeschooling? We had some just very dear friends when we first got married that already homeschooled. And so i became interested in homeschooling and learned a little bit about it, but realized, yeah, that's probably not my cup of tea. I was a um, middle school language arts teacher before I had children. And so I felt like classroom was contained and, and, and that was the right place for kids. Um, but 
after a few years of that, I got a little disillusioned <laughs> with um, just the system of school and how that looked. And so we really started to think and pray about options for our family and just felt like homeschooling was the right thing to try, agreed to do it one year at a time. And um, and the place we were living, of course, many people have this situation where the schools weren't great and we couldn't afford the private schools. So it just felt like the right decision at that time. And we have just never looked back because it's worked. And as I said, whatever works, <laughs> it works for our family. Um, it doesn't work every single day, but when you look at the big picture, um, it does it, it has been a blessing to us. And my oldest is about to graduate in a month and a half, maybe, depending oh on God. how long that takes. <laughs> Yay, because that seems like, you know, not only your student, your child graduating, but mommy's graduated too. <laughs> I do, because it's it's a great opportunity to think back on this journey and realize how much I've grown as a person, how much I still have to grow with my youngest being eight and thanking God I have more time to, you know, fix myself and, and grow into this role. But um, definitely it's just, it's a joy to me to have had this experience and know I'm continuing it. And I love talking about homeschooling with other moms because of that, because I feel like it, it changes us and it makes us um, just new people. It renews us at, through this process. And so that's why I'm always like, we've got to, we've got to focus on this, um, this journey, this process that we go through and allow God to be in that and allow him to take us on that walk. So there's uh, two things you mentioned. And one of those was this, you know, you really uh, didn't have this conceived plan that you were going to do it. And I think that relates, you know, a lot of families can relate to that too. And also this idea too, that you took it one year at a time. I love that. I love that, Jenny, because I think sometimes, you know, you don't have to be all in and it's not cast in stone. So we want, yeah. <laughs> and so, but also your heart of a mom, you know, the, the website, talk a little bit about that because, you know, there's one thing to homeschool yourself, but another is now to extend yourself in helping others. How'd that all come about? Well, um, gosh, when my youngest was in elementary school, I did start a blog and started writing. I love writing and and kind of kept that up and through that was able to kind of do more in-person events with friends and, and other homeschoolers and try to connect homeschoolers. I wanted all the information. I was that, that homeschool mom in the elementary years that was like, somebody tell me how to do this. And so I'm not shy. And I would go to the, the veteran homeschoolers. I would say, will you please tell me how to do this or tell us all the things that you know? And then I would start to get a group of moms together to do that. And, and that kind of grew to where everywhere I've lived, I'm just like, come on over. Let's talk about it. Let's talk it through because it's been such a grace to have that wisdom passed on to me. And then over the years, as I've been walking it, then now I'm becoming the one kind of sharing. And it's just so important that we connect with one another and share our experiences because it really makes it easier to share the burden and, and, and just other moms think of things I never would have considered. I mean, I've been doing this a while and then someone will say something and I'll go, why didn't I think of that? And that's, that's been my experience from the beginning is there's so many different ways to homeschool or so many different approaches and techniques and that um, it's really great to be able to talk to people. So then that evolved into more of an online presence because um, I already had kind of the setup to share and to bring in other other veterans. And that's kind of my focus, both um, in the Facebook group and on the blog. And now in my consulting program is to have all the veterans share all the knowledge with everybody else. And um, so it's all really a team effort. And I'm really grateful to have some awesome friends walking with that with me and helping to, you know, just get the information out there, get the ideas out there that moms need. Yeah, I, I love that concept. One of the things I know that our I learned early on was this concept of the tightest woman. You know, from my uh, our good um, Protestant sisters in Christ, um, they talk about the older, you know, uh, more veteran homeschoolers mentoring to the younger ones, and maybe that was a, a lifestyle, you know, that ex that really existed, you know, maybe for our moms or grandmas' generation, and. The technology is affording us that ability to kind of do that, isn't it, Jenny? And and, yes. and the other part you 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 mentioned was, yeah, women need each other, and we're not excluding the homeschool dads. We want them in here too, but I I would say majority of them are the moms, and women do love to get together and share stories, and we're better together. Yeah. So, 
We're so grateful for what you're doing, so much so we invited you here to walk us through what you call pondering. So, so let's talk about that because, you know, um, why is it important, you know, like when you start to plan for the next year, why is it important to take some time out and ponder to think? And what does that actually mean and look like? Well, um, first off, I, I think what happens is this time of year, everybody's asking all the curriculum questions. They're getting the conferences and the catalogs and the emails for all the shiny new materials. And they're like, oh, I need to start planning for next year, right? I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, I got to start thinking, what am I going to do? I'm going to have three students instead of four. But I've learned through my journey that if I jump headfirst into making my lists and figuring out what we're going to do without pausing, and this applies to planning for homeschool year, but it pretty much applies to everything in my life. If I'm a, you know, headstrong, go for it kind of girl. But if I don't pause first and really ponder what it is that I should be doing in light of my vocation, my children, and God's will, then I mess up. I just do. And so it goes better when I take the time to do that. And oh, I don't even, eight years ago or so, a group of friends and I sat down and really kind of wrote out what this would look like is what are the things we need to think about before we plan the next school year. And that this idea of reflecting or pondering started there with some friends. And we modeled that after scripture where Jesus takes time in prayer before he goes out to teach the crowds. And so the pondering is truly a prayer to ask God, what would you have me do? What is it that I need to do? And to reflect on you know, how things are going in our families and our homeschooling and what we want to see, what we think we're called to do next. So, so one of those things, which of course comes to mind, okay, we're busy homeschooling moms, Jenny, this is all well and good, but like, I'm just lucky <clears throat> to get the laundry, the dinner, pray about curriculum. So how do we <laughs> find time to do this? So honestly, it just, um, happens throughout my daily routines. So I'm still doing all the things. Of course, we're not done with our school year. So I'm still teaching and cooking and doing all the things. But um, my friends and I came up with a survey, a personal reflection, self-evaluation survey. That is, I think it's 60, I should know this, 61 questions that covers kind of all the things we thought we needed to be pondering before planning for the next school year. And what I'll do most years is I'll glance at that starting in March and I'll just start bringing those thoughts into my daily routines. So I'm thinking about, you know, how are things going? And I'll try to observe more and, and think more. I'm washing a dish and I'm thinking, okay, this child is struggling in this area. What, what does that look like? Why is that happening? Can I try to identify? You know, this child is really excelling in this area. Can, you know, maybe I need to consider nourishing that gift next year. So for me, while it would be great to go spend a couple hours in the chapel and prayerfully ponder all the things, um, I know we're all busy moms. So the tool, the survey that we came up with really helps me bring it into my daily life and just look at a few questions every day and, and kind of process those as I go throughout um, and throughout my days with all my duties. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is it's not like, okay, put to action right away. It is really a slow evolution with a framework that you're kind of giving yourself and you're allowing yourself time to just live naturally, uh, even in the daily things, stopping to notice. That's yes. Yes. Awesome. We don't stop. We don't get a chance to stop, right? We're busy moms. We have the, the to-do lists are endless. Like they, you know, they keep eating, they keep wearing clothes, right? So yeah we're not going to be done and be able to pause everything and say, let's, you know, let's spend these hours in, in pondering. Now, as your kids get older, I will say you get more of that time. <laughs> so yeah. You can steal away to a chapel. Um, that is of course a, a blessing as well, but, um, but it doesn't take hours upon hours of just intense silence to, to really think on these things. You can, um, you can really just do it amidst whatever's happening. Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought in things change, you know, as your kids are older, you actually can steal away. And, and that does, that's something, a nice little reminder, Jenny, for people to know that you may be having a hard time right now, feeling overwhelmed and, and, and thinking, yeah, Paula and Jenny are at a point they can do this, but it wasn't always this way. It didn't always look this way. And every year brings on a different way it looks also. 
So mm-hmm. even how you do this year may be different than next year. Is that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There were years that I would, um, I'm, as I said, I like having people over. So we would do a play date and all the moms would get together and the kids would play. And we talk about these things. We talk about, you know, what's going well, what's not going well. And, and the action of setting aside that time to talk about that topic made it fruitful because it was, it was on the schedule and it, it, it happened and, and there were other people to hold us accountable. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, and, and again, you know, we know these days, some people are not able to get together, but that is something where we could do set aside a time where people can in the evening get together and, and share. And I imagine you also got some friendships from, from doing all of this kind of work, Jenny. Of course. Hearing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My friends are super important to me. They just, they really help me stay centered and and walk the right path. Yeah, and I love how you talk about being accountable. You know, it's true. We the self talk sometimes undermines our you know what we're trying to do, and so we need somebody to kind of either call us out or encourage us. <laughs> right, because the key. I mean, the key thing in all things in life, but in homeschooling our children and in seeing their their, um, their academics, if you want to focus on that is really to see the growth and progress, right? So we're looking for growth in ourselves, growth in our children, growth in our families. And that's, that's really key to this idea of pausing and pondering and looking, are we growing? Are we not? In what areas are we? In what areas do we need to grow? It's, it's about recentering, refocusing. So maybe you could talk us through one of the things I'd like to mention because you, you talk about this list and I, and I did, you know, like here I have, I printed <laughs> off my list. <laughs> it is a handout that if you go to uh, Jenny's website, we'll add that. Maybe our helper, Jay, can put that in. It, it is um, heart of a mother. It, isn't it heart of a mother? Dot net. Dot net, right. Yes. And if you sign up, scroll down to the bottom, sign up for her newsletter, right? Then you can get this handy app. Okay. So let's do a little yes. deep dive into it. Um, okay. Maybe talk me through a little bit. So you begin with, you have different sections in it and then within the sections are questions. So tell me how, how this works. Okay. So basically there's four sections and most of the questions have some kind of repetition because we need to revisit things. We need to ponder things kind of repeatedly sometimes for it to maybe phrase differently or come to us differently. So the four sections are um, personal spirituality, struggles, successes, and goals. And we found that going through this in this order, even if you don't have the survey and you just in your mind pray through these four things, personal spirituality, struggles, successes, and goals. You can really come to a better place in figuring out what do I need to do next? What step do I need to take towards anything? But curriculum and next school year is kind of where most people um, are right now. And starting with that personal spirituality is really, really important. Um, a lot of times we'll have a situation come up in, in homeschooling and I'll have a kid who's struggling with this or that, or we're button heads about something. And, and I'm just like, oh, we must change that. We must find a different curriculum or we must get that kid to be better disciplined or something. But if I step back and I think for a little while, I'll realize, oh, that's actually my attitude towards the situation that needs changed first. And so personal spirituality walks through Um, your joys and struggles as a mother, your virtues, your faults, your gifts, um, your prayer life, uh, self-care and things that you're doing or not doing so that you can kind of start from an even playing field when you're going to get in the nitty gritty of the actual academics. Because, you know, they all say if mom ain't happy, nobody happy. (laughs) So it might not be the math book. It really might be I need to actually eat breakfast before I teach math. Yes. Something so simple as that. Boy, Jenny, that's brilliant because it is true. It's a matter of perspective. And it's Mm -hmm. very easy for us to think that the curriculum is going to fix the struggles that we have. But I I really do love that we start with that spirituality. Yeah. I mean, have you yourself, I mean, now you say you think about these things, you read it. So, So what would you advise? You'd advise to spend some time just reading through all the questions or should I just like say, okay, this week I'm just going to like really get deep and think about personal spirituality. I think 
I think taking a week is is ideal on each section, but that's a whole month. So I'm, that's a long time. I think a few days is is even better. But I would, I would read through all the questions in one section and so that you're familiar with them and you can start to think about them. And then it kind of depends on your personality as a mom. Some of my friends will do like a few questions a day. Some people will jump all around and do whatever um, question just speaks to them that day. Um, it really depends on where you are in your journey and where you are in your walk. You know, it might be important for you to spend more time thinking about your relationship with God right now, or it might be more, more fruitful to spend more time about, uh, on how are you taking care of yourself, both, you know, physically, socially, emotionally, spiritually, and spend more time on that. So I don't know that it needs to be, you know, split and assigned, but I do think it's important to look through all the questions and, think through what are the ones that really speak to me right now, because chances are those are the ones you need to focus on. So have you, when you've met, have you shared those responses like with your spouse or with your girlfriends or even your children? And then the other element to that is um, writing things down. You know, I think the science is there, you know, uh, the brain to the hand to handwriting, it really has an amazing uh, effect. So yeah, expand yes. on that. Absolutely, absolutely. So I um, I highly recommend doing this personally first and get all your own thoughts out first and definitely writing them down. The survey is designed where there's space that you can write. There's not a ton of space. So if you're a writer, you might want to get a journal or a notebook, but um, it is designed to write your answers down. I think we, it's kind of that face the fact that this is a truth that we're writing down and some of it's hard to write down. Um, and go through it on your own so that it's between you and God and do it prayerfully, you know, ask for God's help, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your thoughts. Um, but then definitely, if you think it's helpful to share with other women, do that. Um, everyone should be talking to their husband about these things, maybe not in as intense detail as the survey, because some husbands are like, mm, that's a little much, but I always recommend, and there's a, there's a couple of questions in here, ask your husband, what does he think needs to improve about the home life, the homeschooling? Right. And not that he doesn't have um, the same perspective as you. And so it's, it might sound off. You may be like, oh, we don't need to fix that. That's usually my reaction. <laughs> but he has some wisdom there and observation from his perspective that are valuable. I also do recommend talking to your children after you've done this and sitting down with them and kind of going through a little interview with them, even if they're little, what are your favorite subjects? What's the hardest thing for you? Um, what would you wish we did differently, you know, every morning or during school or there's a couple different resources out there for that because you want to include them and you want to take their observations and their perspectives, you know, into what you're doing. But I think as women and my, this maybe I'm just me, is that I will often race out to talk to somebody about it before I've really sat with it and really been honest with myself. So I really encourage moms to do that first and make sure that that's, you know, between you and God. Some of the questions are pretty, you know, specific. Um, you know, are you... Give us a few samples of those questions in there. Yeah. Um, so the ones I'm thinking of, you know, how would I describe my daily, weekly, and monthly prayer and sacramental life? You know, are you getting to mass? Are you getting to confession? Do you have any other, you know, things that you're trying? And different seasons are going to answer that totally differently, you know, different seasons in life. Um, you know, am I living in full acceptance of the church's teachings? So if I'm, you know, if I'm not right with God, then everything's going to be messed up. Right. Um, am I sharing my faith with my children in a personal way? It's really easy to just say the prayers and do the things and not talk about Jesus with our kids in a personal way. So there are questions that really, you know, there's all, there's also the, you know, what are my, what's my greatest fault? That's pretty easy. We can make a big list, um, yes. but they're really we're meant to kind of, ourselves, aren't we? We are. <laughs> we you, are. There's what's your greatest virtue too. <laughs> okay. Great. 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 Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to be honest. It's hard to get that perspective. And I think that's so wise to be able to write it down, but also to share it at certain points with friends, as you said, but really even just taking the time to be honest about it. it it's a good, you know, practice. I always like to think homeschooling is part of our own 
sanctification. <laughs> yes. There is some serious humility when we're writing down all the things we <laughs> think we do wrong and not, and not to be self-deprecating, not to be like, oh, I'm a horrible person and I should write down all of my faults. But, you know, when we do that, at least in a metered way, we can identify some themes. And, and I'll say this as we go through some of the other sections, but one of the things that happens over and over to, with me when I'm doing this is that I'll start to see some themes pop out and I'll understand that I need to, um, I need to look at this area of our life more than all the other areas because the same thing keeps popping up as my answers. Um, and so that's very humbling and, and, and good when it's needed. That's amazing. I, I, I see it as like a grace filled moment that you've, you've been able to do this and how has it affected even just how, um, I can see the curriculum changing as a result of that. I mean, one of the things you mentioned in there too was like, just have I shared my faith with my children enough? So I could see where maybe you might adjust your routine or your day to accommodate that. Have you found that to be fruitful for in, in terms of developing curriculum, actually? Definitely, definitely. Um, if I, you know, speaking specifically about sharing my faith with my children, that's kind of always a, a struggle with me. I'm a box checker and talking about, you know, God in an intimate way is not something you can easily check, but I can look at that and I can look for resources that are going to inspire that in me. Um, I found if, you know, a few things out there where there's a story, I love stories. And so we can read the story, but then I will remind myself, we're not just going to read the story. We're also going to chat about what that looks like in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something relating to our faith and, it would be easy for me to just say, okay, read the story, let's move on. But having that question and knowing that I want to work on that means, no, I'm going to make sure that we take a pause and I say to my kids, okay, now let's, let's build on that. You know, even the little ones just spend a minute or two saying, you know, mommy does this when I need to pray, or when I was your age, I remember this and kind of share in that way. It's, it can be awkward, but it can, if that's something that I'm called to do at that time in life, then that's important. Right. And that's what's the key is so it's being flexible too, isn't it? It's building mm-hmm. in and giving yourself permission to be flexible. I'm I'm yeah. Right. Right. And then, I, I mean we can't ever underestimate our ability. Um our kids want to know our hearts. And you know, speaking as a grandma who's, you know, my baby is 21 years old, um, it goes fast. And I know it's cliche. But you only have this really small time. So getting to those important things, Jenny, that's that, that's important, isn't it? And that's and this whole concept of stopping and thinking and pondering kind of the state of the homeschool, the state of the family before you move forward is about that. It's about putting first things first. It's about making sure those big, important things actually get importance rather than just filling all our days with all the little tiny things that are important, but maybe aren't as important as our faith or as the virtue that we want to develop in our kids. And so doing this kind of pause and think makes it easier to say, oh no, I really need to look for something that's going to guide us through that rather than I've got to get the best math curriculum and the best spelling. And, you know, those are important, but it's um, not as important as God. (laughs) It's almost like it steers the the those choices because you've put first things first. Yeah. Right. So, so yes. when what about some of the other sections? Like yes, definitely. Um, um, yes. Big one. So we always talk. We always encourage looking at struggles and then looking at successes. And in the survey, the questions really mirror each other. So it's almost the same questions, just worded for struggles or successes. But it's easier to think of the struggles because especially as you're looking forward to the new school year, everybody's excited about the shiny new books or excited about starting fresh and, oh, it's going to be a better year. It's going to be the best year. It's going to be so much better than this year, right? Those are all of our thoughts. How can we make it? Um, It's easier to think of all the things that went wrong. So what's not working? And there's kind of two ways to doing this. One is to take paper and write down every kid's name and what are all their struggles right now. Mm-hmm. and talking to them maybe if you're not sure about what their struggles are and where they're what they're facing but i try to look at that for each kid what are they struggling with whether that is related to school or related to anybody anything else um what you know looking at each child individually and then just looking as a whole 
you know, what's the, how is my philosophy working in my family? How is the curriculum I chose working overall? Um, and then getting more specific, it goes through things like, you know, which materials are lesson plans going well, is scheduling going well, is, um, you know, certain subjects going well. It talks about what are we doing outside of the home? And is that, what am I struggling with in that regard? Do we have too much going on? Not enough going on probably this year, <laughs> you know, all those things that might be a struggle in our daily lives when we can put them down and write them out and think them through is the most important part. Then we can see again, like I said, the patterns and the themes where we're called to make change because we can't, we're not going to have a perfect homeschool year. We can't like change everything magically with, you know, snap our fingers and it's all going to be beautiful. Um, but if we go through some of these thoughts and we think about all these things and what the struggles are, we can pray for the grace to be steered towards the most important things that we need to be changing. And, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty of academics, it might be math. It might be, we are miserably suffering for the past three years in math and nobody likes it and everybody's behind and it's really not working. And that might be a big thing you need to look at. And that'll come up over and over again. I pick on math. Going well, how do you actually, you know, measure one of the things that I think we, we struggle with (laughs) is this kind of benchmark, you know, what, how do we gauge that? You know, because people tend to say, oh, my kids are either quote behind or they're not at grade level. What do you mean, Jenny, when you say things are going well? (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, And that is a totally different answer for each family. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really depends on, are you homeschooling for the long term? And you have lots of flexibility as to where your kids can be along the path, or are you homeschooling for one year and you're maybe putting them into a school system next year, and then you need to look at what's expected so that they kind of can stay on track. Um, it might be your kid has special needs and they're not going to look like anybody else's kid. Um, for me, one of the things that um, actually one state I lived in required annual reviews. Um, not where we live now, but when I did that, I learned that the standard on um, the evaluator being able to pass you as being an okay homeschooler was that you, the child made progress mm-hmm. from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And they wanted work samples from the beginning of the year and work samples from the end of the year in certain subject areas. And if the child made progress, then you passed your evaluation. And it did not matter if they were on grade level with the school down the street or your neighbor who's homeschooling. It mattered if that individual child made progress. So for me as a lifetime homeschooler, that's my, that's my judgment is did my kid grow in this area where I felt like, you know, we needed to, Um, but it is going to look different if you're trying to get them into a certain school or they're headed towards a different, you know, a specific path. Right. So sometimes you can kind of reverse engineer things in the sense of saying, uh, we know we're only going to do this for a year, therefore. But but in terms of, a, I feel like you're talking about going well. I love that statement, just progress. Boy, do we need to get that message clear. It's slow and steady wins the race, right? <laughs> it is. And it might be two steps forward, one step back. Right. You know, that's, that's the learning to read proce- process, right? Excuse me. But when Every kid I, you know, that's learned to read, they hit this wall mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, everything we just did, they don't remember, or they're not making pro, they're just stopped. They're stuck. And then a few months later they get past it and yeah. they're fine. But okay. um, you mentioned such a great concept that to share is that sometimes putting something aside, even just for a month, especially when they're little, mm-hmm. just they're frustrated and put it aside a month. And then a month later, they're ready for that. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot to yeah. be said for just um, age appropriate stuff, as well as giving them the time, you know, they all learn to walk at different ages. So it's a similar thing as well. Exactly. Definitely. And I think that in identifying your struggles and, and kind of looking deeply into these things, you can start to see where that comes up where you're like, we're, we're really, really hitting a wall with this theme. Like I said, maybe it's a subject area, maybe it's a virtue or a discipline issue. And you can say, Ooh, we need to set whatever that is here and, and pause that because clearly it's not going well. And we don't want to continue doing something that's not going well. Right. And, and really stopping to think about it can help you do that. Otherwise it's just, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. We got to finish. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we're not letting the curriculum lead us. And it's not like a free for all. It's really developing and designing the curriculum and tailoring it to each child and each family's needs. Yeah. Right. Right. But I always, you know, and as you said, I pick and choose curriculum. I'm one of those eclectic homeschoolers that kind of pulls it all together. But I still believe that the moms who enroll fully in a program and get the box curriculum can still do the modification thing. I still think you can look at that math book and say, what would be a better way to teach this? Or what would be a better way to take this um, this story that my kids aren't understanding and bring it to life for them? So just because you feel like your family needs to be enrolled with a full program and you need to stick to this and you can't modify, you can't tailor it as much, mm-hmm. um, I think you still can. There are things that you can do when you look at your children and how they interact with the material to tweak here and there that can make things less of a struggle and more of a success. Yeah. And, and I think the other key that you mentioned here too is this, it's, it's building the habit of observation, you know, like let's observe, well, let's pray, observe, and not necessarily have to act right away or fix things immediately, you know, Mm -hmm. discern this. And you're right, no matter what, curriculum you're using, whether it's box, it's also how you execute it. Maybe one of the things you mentioned too, was like having breakfast, you know, before <laughs> I think even with our kids, or there were certain times of the day, like if my children had to do math in the afternoon, it just would never happen. Or it would take four hours for it to happen. You know, <laughs> just like even understanding Physically, math had to happen before right. lunch. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And Stephanie says what I was about to say, hangry is real. I have a child who cannot narrate the hour before lunch. Like he just, it's not anything I read to him does not come back. He cannot yeah. recall because of that hunger, you know, and that right. just kind of distraction in, in his brain. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, we don't- Also about, I, a lot we're doing self-knowledge for the mom. And for mm-hmm. you to learn your children, how do we, is some of this also going to spill into the children learning some self-knowledge? Definitely, definitely. And I think that when, since I've gone through this process so many times and it's kind of second nature to me where I'm all spring thinking about all these things, I begin to have those conversations with my kids naturally. Um, there is, there are a few thing, um tools out there that other moms have written that are like a kid survey that are fantastic that you can have them fill out. And I print a few of those sometimes, but I find that it's the conversations I have with my kids when they feel like I'm asking for their input in our school, that they get super honest and super excited because they still know I'm going to make the decision and they still know they can't tell me I don't ever want to do science again. But when I listen to them and I ask them questions, you can see them kind of thinking through and they surprise me. I'll say, you know, what, what do you think we, we need to change? And they know that some things are given. So they'll say, well, I don't really like doing this spelling book, but if I have to do it, can I do it? Like, can I go in my room and do it by myself with the door closed? Like simple things like that, where you're like, oh, your brother's distracting you. I didn't realize that was part of the issue until they say it out loud. So the conversations with my kids definitely bring out their own, um, their own self-reflection. That's a really key point. Yeah. That's awesome. Now we talked about struggles. Let's get to that last section goals. Goals. Yes. Yes. So once you've, once you figured out, these are all the struggles I'm having, but these are the successes. These are the things that are working well, and I don't want to change what's working. Um, you know, same things, all the yes, things that are working. Broke, don't fix it. Yes, yes. Um, that's the easy part. But then we need to look at goal setting, and and I'm a I'm a loosey goosey kind of goal setter, um, which is kind of funny to me. There are people out there who will teach you how to do very specific goals and have timelines that are all appropriate. For me, it's more about what are the priorities? Um, You know, this year, what does this child's priority need to be? And sometimes, or a lot of times, it'll be something academic and something character-based. And I'll be like, okay, this is the priority for this kid this year. And I'm going to prioritize writing with this child and I'm going to get the best writing curriculum for them for this and spend time with them on that. But that means that I have to let go a few other things that I wanted to do that would take up too much time if that's my focus. 
So in setting goals, I look back at the struggles. I look back at the successes in my own personal spirituality and think about moving forward. What is it going to look like? Look at what big changes are coming in our family this year. Are we going to have a baby? Are we going to move? Am I going to have a kid graduate? You know, all those kinds of things play into the decisions that we make. But this section and the questions are more about how can I use what God has given me to serve my family and my children in homeschooling? my virtues, um, what elements of my personality do I need to consider when planning? What changes do we need to make in the things we do outside of the home and how do we need to adapt that? Um, Changes I need to make to be a better example to my kids. (laughs) It's a hard question in there. And then just looking really at those um, successes and saying, how can I continue those? Because sometimes that's important to think through is how am I going to continue that success? Um, and how am I going to overcome those struggles? There's, there's just rather, for me, it's more about the concepts and identifying those themes and thinking, what is it that really does need to change? Does, do I have to kind of wipe the slate clean and start totally fresh? Maybe, but mostly it's going to be about certain areas where I can put my attention to and, and invite my kids to work on, you know, we had a family meeting. Okay. Everybody needs to work on tidiness this year and we're going to have the year of tidiness. <laughs> That's great to have a family goal as well. I love that because, you know, we, it's like you, we're not just a isolated people. It's for the good of the family, builds them into good citizens for the good of the world, understanding, you know, there's more to life than just you. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. And my, you know, it's, it's important to recognize in these kinds of setting goals is who am I? Who did God create me to be? Who did God create each of my children to be? We are all unique. We can't, we have to respect that. I have to tell my kids, I know it sounds insane that I need this countertop always clear because it's really convenient to put stuff, but it just drives me nuts. So just please help mommy to stay calm and help this area, even if the rest of the area is not, you know, picked up. This area will help mom to be a better mom. Um, I, I recently heard a talk that was really kind of cool. They, they talk about the way to speak with each other is um, preferences, desires, and non-negotiables. And I thought that's that's so true. It's in that language, we can help each other by saying, I prefer this, which is kind of lesser, meaning we can compromise. And then desires are like, you know, if you really love me and want to be happy, and then the non-negotiables. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty clear. I like that. And that's, and that's what happens when we make, when we set goals is we're looking at what are, what are those three things? What are the things I'd like to be better? And what are the things that we absolutely have to make, make changes? And, you know, it sounds like this is more than just homeschooling in the curriculum because it is Mm -hmm. because homeschooling is more than just the books and it's more than just the teaching. It is an atmosphere. Your kids are in the home and with, um, with you and with each other. And it's key to consider how all things affect the homeschooling itself. You know, because I love how you, you really refer to, and you, you say it a lot on your blog and everything is it's a journey. And I think that is central to what you're, what you're, you know, sending this message loud and clear to all of us. It is a journey. It isn't like, you know, done. It's just done. You check off the list. It's, it's progress, it's steady, it's continuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's perseverance, definitely. And the last part of the goal section is actually making lists of questions that you have, which is appropriate here. But um, what questions do I need answered about how to have a successful year? Maybe I don't know how, if I can teach physics or something, right. or maybe I don't know if my child has a learning struggle, a learning problem that might need diagnosed, or maybe I don't know what co-ops are available, or I don't know what um, what setup would work best in my house, you know, what room we should be homeschooling in. Just writing down our questions is the end of this because it's the launching place for looking through the catalogs, reading all the blogs, going on the Facebook groups right. and asking all the questions um, because then we'll ask the right questions yeah. and we'll know what we're really looking for rather than kind of wandering around and turning at the mm-hmm. next shiny new thing. Um, it gives us the priorities so that we can have 
a successful year? You know, what help do I need? What knowledge and information do I need to be able to move forward? Yeah, so I so here we are. We've gone through the pondering, the praying, going through what we struggled with, what we didn't work with, and now we're going through those that goal and the natural, you know, outcome is a set of questions to launch us into the future. Do you have suggestions on that or is that something we can look forward to in another side um, chat, Jenny? <laughs> Maybe. Yes. So you know, to formalize on my blog, you can see that there's some posts on pray, ponder, prepare, and plan. Those are kind of my keys that get us through this journey of preparing for the next school year. Um, all of this has to be surrounded in prayer. If you're using the survey and you're finished with the survey, pray about it and, you know, hand it over to God, surrender whatever's in there and whatever you learned to him. Because um, prayer just has to be the root of all of things. But spending the time to ponder these things and then preparing by gathering all the information, by asking for help, getting the resources you need um, is super important um, before you purchase the curriculum and then you sit down and actually like map out what's going to happen. And yes, I am one of my, uh, let's see, it's uh, five questions to ask before um, buying curriculum, before researching curriculum is my talk at the homeschool conference. It's one of the recorded talks. So thank you for letting me do that. May 19th to the 22nd, please go to catholichomeschoolconference.com and you'd sign up. And Jenny has already given us one of her her talks. It's going to be one of the pre-recorded talks. So that will give you the five questions, right? To ask before you even plunk down that money or start, you know, getting curriculum that's going to sit on the shelf that you never use. (laughs) We still do it, but it helps narrow that down. But yes, so that's kind of the next step is to start asking all the questions before you buy the curriculum and do the planning. And I think we're going to talk again in June about the planning part, which yeah. I'm excited about yeah, it's really my favorite. People know that in June, we do have a fireside chat with, um, with Kathy Duffy, who's kind of like the queen of, you know, the top picks of curriculum. But in particular, she's going to be talking to us about learning styles. So in a way, it's kind of that fits into this as well, mm-hmm. doesn't it, Jenny? Because Definitely. you and mom are observing, but the ability to identify those learning styles, she's going to uh, yes. uh, be able to come. That's going to be in June. And then we've also asked Jenny to come in as kind of that's like, the next step and really helping us to tweak our curriculum, get things all lined up before. And I know you have a lovely um, community, the Catholic homeschool community, that is a fabulous place to ask questions and to gather information. I have the Facebook group, Heart of a Mother, um, Catholic homeschooling moms that you mentioned at the beginning that is tons of wise moms and lots of archives of lots of posts that are on all kinds of curriculum we reviews on everything you can imagine so that you can figure out what the best fit is for your family. And then of course, um, on my website, I have various posts and resources and our consulting, which is one option if you feel like you need to really have a one-on-one individual to, you know, conversation with a veteran and be like, help me figure this out. <laughs> yeah, so we're, um, we're going to get to the question part. I, I want to make sure we have some time to get a few questions in there. Uh, I'll go through, you know, and maybe um, Jay can pull out some questions for me. I, I see one in the Q&A and I don't want to miss that question. But um, tell us just briefly about the Bloom Consulting. How does that work if somebody's interested and does need, you know, a helping hand? Right. So as a result of all that I was saying earlier, trying to get, you know, help moms and help moms with information and get all um, the experience and wisdom of, of my fellow my fellow homeschooling moms out there. Um, last year, I was inspired to start a consulting um, business where we have a group of moms who are available to have um, email, phone, or video consulting um, chats with you. Stacy, Amy, Tammy, and myself are all available and our bios are on the website. You can go to bloomhomeschooling.com to read all about that. It's very flexible. Um, it's, you know, pay for one or pay for a bunch or, you know, have it the way you want it so that we can help in whatever way to think of those ideas that maybe you haven't considered or to help you. Um, I, I did a consult a couple of weeks ago where she kind of had everything figured out, but she needed some, some validation that it was the right decision and yeah. some ways to think about differently with one child and how to present things. And we really kind of dove really deep 
into that child and what that child needed. So we can um, be there for you if you need us in the Facebook group and at bloomhomeschooling.com. So the Facebook group, again, is the Heart of a Mother Facebook mm-hmm. group. You can join. I see that Cecilia already downloaded the personal reflections and self-evaluation survey. Great. You already got it. So people do I encourage you. This is a great way. This is the time of year to really just pull that out. Um, I know in lots of parts of the country you can sit out outside and just take some time and, and ponder to pray to um, we put the, I see um, we have the links in the chat section. We'll also put the links on the mighty network, you know, listing for this talk. I'm going to put the replay link in there and we'll add some of these links, but again, always ask your questions and um, parting words, anything that you want to leave us with um, Jenny in terms. Oh, let me first get to questions. Goodness. Yes. Okay. Ahead of myself. A couple, a couple of people have asked where to get the survey. Cause we said that at the beginning, Yes. if you yes. go to heartofamother.net and scroll down to the bottom and sign up for my newsletter, can unsubscribe at any time, but it's one of the freebies on the freebie page. I do, um, there's a few freebies on there um, that you can print and have, and mm-hmm. that is one of them. So heartofamother.net and just scroll down to the very bottom and sign up for my newsletter and it'll you'll get the link. So that was the question we Jackie asked and thank you, Jenny. And once again, we'll put those links in there to make sure you get that because it, it is, like you said, something that has evolved from mothers who were been in the trenches and doing it. And this is something that is, is so profound and wonderful. And I think will really help us to not feel overwhelmed because we've really aligned to the most important things. Rachel asked the questions. I was just, I was thinking just now that you were someone should be doing homeschool consulting and a retreat for homeschooling families. I'm so excited to see you doing the consulting. Yes. Yes. Right. Great. <laughs> Rachel also asked the question, um, is, do you have any plans to do a retreat to help families get organized? And um, yeah, some ideas. One of the things in the Catholic Homeschool uh, Network that we're going to start, we're going to start a support group. And this support group is going to be launched at the conference. And these are the kind of things we'd love to hear about because maybe we can do something together. Uh, You know, we have that ability within the community to run a one day like retreat or workshop. I know we're thinking of perhaps doing something like that even in August, which is kind of a way to jumpstart your homeschool. So great ideas, great ideas. Keep them coming. (laughs) I will, since the, since retreat was mentioned, I will point out that um, on my website, I have, a uh, do-it-yourself retreat for homeschooling moms um, that's kind of a prayerful, reflective do-it-yourself packet, basically, where you can go through and take the time to um, just reflect on your homeschooling, reflect on your journey and where you're going. And that's a free download on my blog. It's called Embrace Today. And um, that is kind of a teaser for what's to come. I've written a few more retreats that I think will um, help moms stop and think these deep thoughts think the the ponder stuff the stuff that we don't take the time to really think about because we're being asked what's for snack and where my socks are and all those questions that are important to our children Um, but time to ponder and time to discuss those things with other moms is really precious to my heart and so I'm hoping to do more of that that's on the homes heart of a mother.net now Carolina asked the question which kind of segue into this. I wonder what age we can introduce contemplative prayer to our children and what that would look like. I'm just getting into this contemplative prayer myself. I want to share the fruits with my children. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So what ages would you say, you know, um, you know, she brings, you know, I think, oh, I think kids are capable of more than we, we initially think they are. So I think that Teaching them the just the act of silence, even if it's for 10 seconds, is a step towards that contemplation. And giving them worthy things to contemplate is key to that. So, you know, we do a morning time together, a morning basket in our family. And from an early age, we will read something, whether it is scripture or a reflection or even a story. And then we might take a few minutes to think about it before we talk about it. Uh, because that, that's, you know, a lot in line with what we just talked about. First, we think, we ponder, and then we can talk and act. Uh, and it is important. And I think that can be the fruits, that can be the seeds of contemplation is to give them something to think about. 
And there are several, I'm trying to think, I've used a couple different resources over the years that just have little um, things for kids with a question that they can think on. And then we, you know, and then teach them that moment of silence before talking about it. That can be a start. There's also books on taking children to adoration and the, oh my goodness, the fruits of adoration. Now I know that's when my kids, I had a lot of little ones. It was not something I was able to regularly do. It wasn't in my area. Um, My parish now does it once a week. And, and I see from my children, the ones who actually on a regular basis just was silent, even just for a short time and in, in, at adoration really planted the seeds for contemplation. And there are little books. I know that some some of the Catholic publishers do have ones, you know, taking children to adoration. And and that's a great way to start off also as well. I do have one more question here, which is a great one. It's, um, are there any online Zoom groups um, you hold with mothers who are new at homeschooling? Do you have um, any groups? This year, we haven't planned out those yet. Um, I do do a an almost monthly just tea time chat with moms on Zoom that you can see on the freebie page of my website. Um, But I haven't planned out the newbie talks, which we will probably do. We've done them in various years and we did a bunch of them last year. So I think we'll do a quite, not quite as many. The recordings from last year are on my YouTube channel, uh, which you can get to from my website as well, that we did Zoom talks on all kinds of curriculum, uh, topics. We had one for each subject area. We had, um, you know, what to do when you have a whole bunch of little kids and you're trying to homeschool and keep them busy. We did a lot of different, really great topics. Um, but we will probably have some in the future. So if you're on my email list, you'll, you'll hear about those with me. And I know that the conference, um, that's coming up May 19th through 22nd has some excellent presentations. I guarantee on starting to homeschool and beginning, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. We are. And we definitely, um, want to hear from families, what is it that you need? There is a group, first-time homeschoolers in the Catholic homeschool community, and that's catholichomeschoolcommunity.com, where this is being, you know, recorded and lived, and and that group is growing by leaps, leaps and bounds. And I know sometimes it's hard to just ask questions. It's sometimes, there is a lot of fruit to listening, and, and hopefully we had a great group here today to join. People were listening and getting uh, so much information from Jenny. I just want to thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for you taking the time to do this. I look forward to um, having another chat in June, but also I do encourage people to go to Jenny's website, heartofamother.net. Um, <laughs> I always want to say .com, but it's .net. And then there you should find all the resources as well. And do please know that again, registration is open for the Catholic Homeschool Conference coming up. Uh-huh on May 19th to the 22nd. We hope to see you there. Um, If you register now for the VIP pass, which is half price, plus we have a wonderful swag box, which is actually getting a box of goodies that's gonna come to your own house of samples, uh, beautiful music, CDs, even a packet of coffee. And all of that is if you sign up for the VIP pass, which gives you unlimited access to all 60 plus talks, and that's including one of Jenny's talks, because when we share these resources, these are resources that is not just to be used this year, but to be used over and over again and building those habits. And so that's that kind of resource, like Jenny's talk and some of the others, become your toolkit for the year. So again, thank you, Jenny. Thank you so much. God bless everybody. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a joy to share. I love sharing about this because it is super close to my heart. And I just want all the moms to know how important this stuff is. And I'm really grateful that you invited me today. So thank you. We're blessed by it, Jenny. Thank you so much. God bless. Have a beautiful night, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.